Hello and welcome to A Muggle's Perspective. Braden, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. How the heck are you? I'm good. It's a nice day here in sunny northern Indiana. A nice day to talk about Harry Potter. We've got three chapters to get to this week. And I think they're good chapters. I don't. <laughs> you're just, I think they're stupid and I'm leaving. <laughs> you're going into this just with a negative attitude. Nope, and they were honestly, great. Just keep up that energy. Like, I want to see where that goes. Okay. All right. So we're looking at chapters 17 through 19 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. We're just going to kind of jump right into it. We're not going to get bogged down. We're going to give the people what they want, as Jalen Rose would say. Which is Harry I Potter. I try content. to live my life by anything that Jalen Rose says. So That's why you're recording this podcast with a baseball bat in your hand. Yep, you've got me. We're going to pop the trunk here. So, chapter 17, The Four Champions. What? Was that funny? <laughs> it's just it's a good reference. <laughs> Thank you. The Four Champions. We were talking about this right before we recorded. And like you said, you can pretty much sum up chapters 17 and 18 pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, because basically um, – I had one of those days where I was trying to speed read 17 through 19 on my way home. 17 and 18 went great. Uh, I was basically starting 19 as I got home. And I texted Rogie and was like, hey, what are the chances that we just do 17 and 18? I don't think I'm going to get this chapter in. And he was like, that would be pointless. I was like, we can, but 19 is where the meat is in this section. Yeah. And as I read 19 and then thought about what we would have talked about from 17 and 18, it was, I agree. Right. So, yeah. 17 and 18 is basically like Harry's the fourth champion and all the leaders from the schools are mad and they're like, why'd you put your name in? And he's like, well, I didn't. And they're like, no, you did. He's like, no, I didn't. I think someone's just trying to murder me. No, you're crazy. You did that. Mm -hmm. And then Ron's like, dang, Harry must be cool to be you all the time and getting interviews and stuff and having scars. And and people <laughs> people thinking that you're a big deal. Wish people thought I was a big deal, but I kind of hate you for it. So why don't you just shove off, Malfoy? And Harry's like, what's "Oh, your, that's what you want. That's what you want. <laughs> you want this press? You want this pressure all the time, huh? Well, I'm not talking to you. So I'm just gonna write to Sirius. That's that's 17 and 18. We don't have to talk about that anymore." What's Ricky Bobby's friend's name? Uh, like Cal, Cal Naughton Jr. Cal Naughton Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you came up with that very quickly. Is that yeah, like I, is that Ron in this situation? How he's like I, in the yeah, beginning of the movie, he's yeah. like he's always second place. Yeah, and then so like later in the book, Ron is going to end up with Cho, <laughs> and um, he's going to end up being. Um, like the quad squad will then be Ron, Cho, and Hermione. Oh. And, and that, they'll just carry out. Yeah. And Harry will always think that he's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> just w- with a knife in his leg. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I we kind of like, we're not going to go through all of my five points here necessarily because you've been, <laughs> you've kind of touched on all of them. There are some details I think it would be useful to get into. But what I think, what I'm hearing you say, 
how I'm going to interpret that is that it's not that these chapters are predictable or boring necessarily. It's just that everything that happens, you're like, right, that, that was the logical next step here. It's not like, yeah. oh, but actually all of the Slytherins were happy that Harry was champion. It's like, no, of course not. Like yeah. she she had just set this up and then like she had to tell it to you. She had to be like, okay, so like Draco was a jerk about it and the Hufflepuffs are mad and like of course, you know, Hermione believes it. Like there's there's a couple of little things in there, but a lot of it is just like predictably going through a difficult time in Harry's life. Yeah, 17 and 18 are setting the scene for 19. It's not that they're not important or needed. It's just kind of like you said, like, okay, here's what's going on. And here's how people are reacting to it. And your reaction is like, that makes sense. I I see you chapter 17 and 18. Thank you. Next. Yeah. I acknowledge you. Yeah. Yes. So I do want to touch a little bit on the argument between, like you said, the heads of the schools and Dumbledore and McGonagall. I think there are some, a couple things to look at in here. So Bagman comes in and he's like, all right, Harry's the fourth champion. And they're like, ha ha, like good joke. You're hilarious. Bagman's like excited about it. Yeah. What does that tell you? Uh, either Bagman had a hand in it, which I don't think is likely, or dude just loves sport. Yeah, he seems you like, know? yeah, that guy. Like, he's the guy that when Kevin Durant went to the Warriors, he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, wow, now they're really good. That was me. That was me. That was you? Oh, yeah. I was not. So I had a buddy that was like, don't be like Kevin Durant, like in his classroom, and was like, we don't want snakes and stuff like that. But here's what I'm saying. Like, maybe I'm too much of a free labor guy in this, but like my guy played out his contract and then chose where he wanted to go play. And he seems going to be really good. He won two championships and finals MVPs. I think he has a right to do that. I would never argue that he doesn't have the right to do that. As he has told the media multiple times, it was his decision. I don't agree yes. with how he has handled himself with the yes, media Kevin, every step of the way since it then. It was. Right, right. My thing is, I don't think you can argue against the simple fact that it was the easy way out. Okay. What's wrong with taking... I, my, I take issue that he gets so bristled and offended by that when people say that, that it was a weak move and it was the easy way out. It was, that's the truth of the matter. If he is in the league to make, to, to win championships mm-hmm. and to build his legacy, mm-hmm. then yeah, go to golden state, but don't put yourself in the same category as like a Michael Jordan or something. Don't, don't, don't expect me to, to I'm, carry that same sort of respect for you. LeBron went and built that super team. How is that? I mean that's that was easy. He didn't stay in Cleveland. I don't respect LeBron for that either. Okay. Okay. That's okay. That's fine. That's that's what's wrong with the NBA. Is super teams. Super teams. It's so really, it's it's entertaining. Don't get me wrong. It's very entertaining. It should be Pacers Spurs. Yeah. Or like I wanted the Nuggets to win. I did. Because they were I just a, the they were a basketball team, you know? It's like who the heck are the Nuggets? They're playing I together though, nuggets. and they might win. So good. Yeah. 
So the do you do you have any other thoughts about the adults? I mean, there's a lot of like this this little boy is going to be in the tournament. There's a lot of that. What is the meaning of this Dumbledore? Man, you do that just like Jim Dale does. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have any thoughts about them per se. I think Karkarov, and I I can honestly say I thought he was suspicious before mm-hmm. what we learn in chapter nineteen. That's because you think of him as Russian. Right. That's I just, I, all I, when I read his quotes, it's just, I just picture Vladimir Putin. <laughs> That's terrifying. Right. Putin's a scary guy. He is. Ah, but of course he is lying. Cried Madame Maxime. Snape was now shaking his head, his lip curling. Where does Snape play into this? I don't know what to do with Snape. You know what I mean? Like he, I've tried to give that guy the benefit of the doubt. You I feel have. like throughout, so and and which has probably made a lot of listeners mad. I'm guessing. I <sighs> thank you for implying that we have quote a lot of listeners. <laughs> I would say four of the five are probably yeah. mad that oh, I've been a high percentage, Snape. right? Um. It's really hard to do that anymore with the way he's treating Harry. I just like that this happens and Snape is like, this might be an opportunity for me to say that Harry Potter has been crossing lines. Like he just loves saying, well, let's not blame Dumbledore. Harry Potter's been crossing lines ever since he came to this school. And you got to think Maxime, Madame Maxime and Carcroft are looking at him like, I don't, I don't care what this guy did three years ago. Like, I don't right. care that he flew a car into the school and you think that that was him like trying to make a grand entrance. Like go, this is not the place for that. They're just looking at him like, not guys, you would, you wouldn't believe it. I've hated him for much longer than this. <laughs> and now I really hate him. Yeah. So let's all gang up on him. But it's not right even, now. it's like, you're finally getting on board with how bad Harry Potter is. It's like not even an inclusive hatred. It's like a, like about time, like way to just now be woke to Harry Potter crossing lines. Yeah. And at this point I feel like he is, is hurting himself with the way he's like, anytime something happens with Harry, like at this point he's just making himself look stupid Mm -hmm. because it's not even so much, Snape, like he takes Snape is James situation. and Jesse from Team Rocket, who just come in and they're like, "We're gonna steal Pikachu," and everyone's like, "You're not." Yeah. Chill. Yeah, I think I think you got it. I don't need to say anything else. Everyone loves all of our references <laughs> because only Jacob and Carter and Steven listen to this podcast. Shout out to all of our other listeners. Honestly, we I say I feel like we mentioned some of you guys, some of them a lot. Like, what up, Chad? Yeah, shouts to Chad. Bo, Bo, you're still listening, maybe. Haven't, you haven't yelled at me in a while. Carla holding it down oh, south of the equator. Yeah. I think she's south of the equator. <laughs> no. no, she's not. Equator sorry, runs Carla. through like, northern Africa. <laughs> ah, sorry, Carla. <laughs> she's got to be amused, though. Carla's a good yeah. sport. Dang it. Carla, come on the pod. Okay. Geography, you know? I do. So, Moody has a different take. Everyone else is like, 
mad or just keep saying, well, he has to, he's, he's there now. Yeah. But Moody comes in like swinging. He's also just like standing in the shadows. Like nobody knew he was in there, mm-hmm. which I don't know why I just find kind of comical. Right. Like he's like, I have like some of the, some of the, like the Durmstrang guy and the, and Madame Maxine and Putin have to be like, wait, who, who is this homeless guy? Like what? Dumbledore, can you, Where's can his you leg? escort this guy? Like what? <laughs> is part of his nose missing? What do you guys just let anyone walk in here? What, what is this? Dumbledore's like, yes, we do. <laughs> Last year, a dog man was getting through all of our Dementors. I don't know. One Our time, creatures teacher is an alcoholic. One time, Voldemort <laughs> taught a class for a whole year. And I was like, we routinely Whoa. let our children go miles beneath the school. <laughs> Whoa! Why? Why is our school miles in the air? I don't know. What would you do? It's a wonderful place full of mysteries that that none of us have the answers to. Enjoy your stay. So Moody's de- Moody's deal is that kind of moody. everyone else came in and was like, "Lucky Harry Potter!" Now he gets to be in this really cool tournament that he wanted to be in. And Moody is like, "Are we looking at the same tournament? This is like you said, a child. If you asked Harry, he'd be like, "I am not qualified to do this." Like he's not claiming that he's better than them. Yeah, Moody comes in with a thick slice of logic some perspective for the group and they're just like crazy old moody only says dumb stuff he's he can't even look at us with both eyes (laughs) where am i moody i'm over here oh i'm over here so what are your thoughts on his conspiracy theory that someone entered harry's name under a fourth school to try to get him killed Sure seems to line up with everything we know beforehand, like how this book started with Voldemort and the Jertha Borkins is missing and Dumbledore hired him out of nowhere, kind of like as a specific headhunt type thing. And Harry didn't put his name in for this. We know that. We know that there's plenty of Slytherins who don't like him. We know Snape doesn't like it. Like there's, there's tons of ways we could figure out how this makes sense. So, so let's, let's do some odds making. Okay. Place odds on it being Karkaroff who put Harry's name in the goblet. If you are in Las Vegas and you're setting the odds right now, can we have a quick, so I, I've never gambled. (laughs) I, I do don't pay attention it's like, to that. I know how odds work, but for everyone else, <laughs> can yeah. you explain to them that's, how odds work? That's that's what I want because I'm sure there are some listeners out there who who just don't don't fully understand how odds work. Yeah. And and for that, two of the five. Yeah. Maybe we could run down that real quick. So thanks for thinking of them. Yeah. What you're thinking of as far as odds being confusing is like lines for football games like plus four and a half and then there's a vig whatever like mm-hmm. that stuff does get confusing that's but, that's over under right um y- yes and so like you get you get certain odds if you bet on the patriots or certain odds if you bet on the rams 
because they have to cover, they have to win by that many points or whatever. So you can still lose and cover. But these odds are very simple. This is like you get two to one odds that it's Karkaroff. So if, if you put down 100 bucks on Karkaroff and it was Karkaroff, you get 200 bucks. So like, so the the larger that top number is, the less of a chance you have. Yeah, the bigger number that you're looking at. So like, you usually stay in fractions for a little bit, like three to one, and then you'll you'll hear like um, five to two, like two and a half times or whatever, and then you get out to like like Dumbledore, ten thousand to one. Like if you want to put down a dollar that it was Dumbledore, heck, if it was, I'll give you ten grand. Okay. Okay. I think we're all caught up to speed. Okay. So. So would, is Karkaroff the odds-on favorite here? I think. Based on what we find, find out later in these chapters. I think that Karkarov is the odds-on favorite to be involved. Okay. I don't know if he's the one who actually put the name in the goblet. Like, I could see him commissioning a student to do that. Sure. Um, but yeah, two, two to one for sure. Okay. Who's the next most likely person? Is it, is it Snape? I think you have to give Snape decent odds. Like at this point, I think he's losing his mind with hatred for Harry Potter. Just clearly on the record as hating Harry Potter. Yeah. So it doesn't seem that out of the question for him to go that far to try and finally nail Harry Potter. So pretty good odds. Yeah. Like a, like a four yeah. or five to one kind of thing. Yeah. My other one, my other option was going to be Malfoy. Oh, interesting. The same kind of deal he paid someone older. Mm-hmm. Okay. Paid an older Slytherin. Um... What about Filch? Oh, interesting. Peeves. <laughs> Seems like a Peeves Frank. thing. Yeah. Yeah. What about... Let's just throw some in from left field here. What are the odds that Wormtail snuck into the castle as a rat and, like, ratted his way up and tossed in Harry Potter? That doesn't seem that far, that far into left field. Okay, just because it's like a guy that we know is bad. Well, yeah, and the fact that he can be a rat. Jess? Do we have the Marauder's Map? Yeah, we do have the Marauder's Map. Do we use it right now? Obviously not. Definitely not. It's packed away. That one seems almost just as likely as Karkarov to me. Okay. That it was either a rat or it was like... Voldemort somehow, like one of them, like got way in. They're like, we're going to use this as our move. I think it could be a tag team effort. Mm-hmm. I think you, the rat is the easiest way to get in there without being seen. Right. And then Karkarov is probably well versed in the dark magic and can kind of, uh, I don't know, Trick put the, some sort. Of, yeah. 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 Use some sort of weird spell or curse to be able to like undo the line or. I, I don't know, F- like fudge the fudge. What are the odds that it was fudge? <laughs> Could be Cornelius fudge. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say, I'll say Harry Potter. 
tell you what, what if we just put old Harry Potter's name in there and took care of this situation altogether? That would gin up some interest in the viewing public. I can't do that voice and not think of that uh, that audio tape game they play on The Office. <laughs> What's that one called? The murder mystery um, game? Oh, man. It's like murder on something the bayou in Savannah or something. Yeah, some yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, Andy's like, you gotta talk like you got molasses in your mouth. Yes. Now this has more of a Savannah accent. <laughs> uh, kind of rolls off like like molasses. So, what odds would you give me if I wanted to bet a hundred dollars, a hundred gallons that Oliver would? was just so maniacally competitive and was like, Harry's got this, Harry, Harry, Harry Potter, and like snuck into the school. <laughs> just like, Gryffindor! Um, let's go 20 to 1. What if the Creevies were on each other's shoulders and they confused the age line, and they were like, Harry can do it! We can do it for Harry! <laughs> 20 to 1. 20 to 1, not that high. <laughs> it's like, it's on the table. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, at this point, what do you think Wood's even doing with his life? He's on the reserve team for Puddlemere United. I've said before and I'll say it again. How is he not one of the 20 best keepers in the country right now? That's that's a question I have that I hope get ans- gets answered is where are all these other incredibly talented Quidditch players coming from? I mean, overseas, sure. There's, but there's just not that many Wizards. That's what I mean. Like you have a, I would think you have a pretty small pool here. So, it's I don't know. Whatever. Okay, okay. Question for you. Yes. Nobody. So Harry's name gets called, and they don't get all like, oh, it's Harry Potter. Like the other two head uh, masters. In terms of like how people are normally stopping and looking at his. Yes. Forehead. So my question is: Is his whole thing? well known throughout the world like shouldn't they be like a little more for lack of better terms starstruck um they know the harry potter story especially being in from mainland europe and not like all the way in australia or whatever like they're familiar these two people are right now it's one of those things where that's just being pushed out of their minds and plus, we like Karkaroff stopped and like looked at Harry when Karkaroff first got there, and Moody was like, "Yep, it's Harry Potter. Keep it moving, scum." <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. that. Happened a couple chapters ago. Okay. So they've gotten they've they've been there for long enough. It's out of their system. That yeah, and well enough to enough. It's just it's far enough out of their system to where the outrage is enough to push it push it to the back of their minds for the moment. Do you think that's part of why they're outraged? Because they're like, oh, it's Harry Potter? Like, of course, you rigged it so Harry Potter could get in? Yeah. Interesting. What do you think, Braden? That uh, that seems like where a lot of my anger would have come from. Is like, so you've got Bagman and Dumbledore acting like, oh, we don't know how this happened. And if I'm, if I'm a Putin or Madame Maxine, I'm like... Yeah, okay. You don't know how this happened. You don't know how the most famous student in your school's history ever was chosen for this tournament that hasn't been played out in how many years? You you don't know how that happened? 
the only kid that's been miles beneath the school where this tournament is clearly being held. Right. They wouldn't have felt that way if it was Ron's name called. Exactly. See, I feel like that's how you reacted last week when we recorded. Because you weren't shocked that Harry was in this tournament. You're like, I'm reading this Harry Potter book like Harry's going to be in the tournament at Hogwarts. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was ready for it. I just, I wasn't ready for it for him to be the fourth. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so then we get a little bit of Gryffindor time. The Gryffindors are pumped and jacked about Harry being in the tournament. Yeah, they've got like a cloak made out of like a Gryffindor flag around his neck. And yeah. Pumped and jacked. Um, and then is there anything else you want to get to before we finish off with just some Ron thoughts this chapter? I think that covers it. Okay. Ron is not pumped or jacked. No, he's kind of fed up with this, you know? In what way? What are all the aspects that are going into Ron being fed up? What do you mean fed up with this? Well, I mean, I think Hermione explains it pretty well when she talks to Harry about it. Right? So, like, Ron has been a really good friend in the first... Is this their third year or are they fourth years now? So, you know, the first three years of their friendship, like... Because that's a hard thing to do when your friend is the one getting all the attention, all the respect, and you're just kind of the sidekick, you know? And Ron, like Hermione said, has like he's never really piped up about it, never acted sideways about it. Like He's just kind of like, this is what it is. You're Harry Potter. You're Harry friggin' Potter. Um... So it is kind of interesting that this one hit home for him so much because it's not like he had a chance to get in. Mm-hmm. Like he's too young also. So I don't I don't really know why it is that this is the tipping point for Ron, but is it just one too many? This is just the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, might be that that kind of situation, I guess. It's I don't know, it's interesting. I think it's too that Ron and Harry are usually always together on things and this splits them up. That's true. So like, yeah, it just splits them up. They're not together on this and Ron is feeling very alone. But he didn't act this way when Harry was the first, first year to make the house Quidditch team in a century, you know, which seems like the closest analog we have. He was like proud of him, but is maybe that's just because like he obviously had the skill. Yeah, yeah like, like Ron's yeah, probably not an actually like a Ron's probably not very good at Quidditch, I'm guessing. Sure. Like just like maybe Ron feels like there's there's no reason like if we're just putting our skills as wizards in the same playing field, like this is an area where Harry's not better than me. Right. Like we are we're even. And so this is just this is like you said, the straw that broke the camel's back. Like that I've had enough. But Harry told him about that too, right? Like he got. He thought he was getting in trouble, and when he came back from getting in trouble, Ron's like, what's going on? And he was like, they're going to make me the new Seeker. Right? And then there was mm-hmm. like a period of secrecy for a week or whatever. Yeah. So, like, Ron was still in on yeah. it, and he could feel like he was part of the team to some extent. Yeah. His brother's being on it, too. Yeah. So, how, how does this play out? What do you see as the end game for the Harry Ron feud? 
I think that Harry is going to get in trouble, like danger. Okay. And Ron, Ron's going to have the opportunity to stop it or step in. It might even be one of those like sacrifice situations. He like st- you know dives in front of a bullet for Harry, and I think of that. I think that's what's going to bring him back together. Well, he's going to realize that this is a danger situation. It's not a glory situation. Yeah. And I think that Ron is in tune with what's going on behind the scenes enough that like, if he sees how Voldemort is kind of orchestrating this from the background. Yeah. Or maybe not, maybe that he won't see that himself, but that Hermione will. Right. And she'll be like, Listen, you guys can kiss and make up later, but his life's on the line, so Yeah, I was Grow gonna up. say, like, is like Ron can I feel like it can be is the kind of guy that can be blinded by jealousy, like to the to the point of excluding seeing those kinds of signs. He's not the most strategic thinker. No. Despite being really good at, at chess. chess. Yeah. Yeah. That's a weird Yeah. Weird character design. Mm-hmm. Weird flex, but Do we care? We're gonna do. Do we care three times this this episode because that's how many chapters we're doing. Mark my words. Do we care that Mad Eye Moody's first name is not Mad Eye? Yeah. What was it? Alaster. Alaster, Moody. Yeah. What if I name? I mean, my, I- if I name my son Alaster. Alaster Merriman. That's pretty dope. It it wouldn't surprise me that much. <laughs> uh, I I think it's neat. At this point, I don't really. Okay. I can't say I care. That's fine. Could be one of those things though that later, like we find out that he's some character out of like the history of Hogwarts, and he's connected to X, Y, and Z. He's a and, thousand years old. Yeah. Yeah, he lives beneath the school. Do we care about how they keep throwing around the term magically binding contract? Yeah, that seems like maybe something that will come back to bite us here later in the book. I apologize if you can hear this dog barking right outside my window. No. You're good. We're good. Okay. So like maybe someone tries to run away that was going to be in the tournament and they were they're going to get like blocked and have to stay. Yeah. And that just sounds intimidating, magically binding contract. Okay. It's so not one of those I mean it's not one of those like well if I break this I'll be summoned to court. It's like if I break this I might be tortured or Grow a fourth arm. I don't know. I grew I already a third had a arm, third... and that was bad enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that implies that they can't withdraw. Yeah, I mean, it states, yeah, that's the whole point, that they can't withdraw. Like, so what if they do the thing, and they're like, yeah, this is too hard, I'm out. They can't. They kill what you. does that look like? I don't know. I feel like I'm the kind of person who would want to know the consequences. That's why you, but there's no fire, you don't enter. 
Do we care about Barty Crouch looking ill? Barty Crouch shows up and like reads off some rules, which is just him stating what the tournament is. And then Harry's like, man, my guy, Barty C, not looking super fresh. I think he's involved. Interesting. I think maybe he's involved. Um, or like Voldemort is using him as kind of like a puppet against his will, and it's just like sucking the life out of him. Oh, no. Is he getting imperialist? Yeah. Just learned about that. Something like that. He's just, I think he's suspicious, and I don't trust him, and I feel like he might be in on the whole, like, let's get Harry Potter in this contest so we can kill him. Or he's just really tired because his house elf isn't there to feed him. Excellent point. Right, that's that the guy. That, what's her, I forget her name. Winky. Oh, I was going to say Dinky. Binky? Is it his house elf <laughs> Binky? Binky from Arthur. <laughs> I was just thinking like a pacifier. Do we care about the fat lady having a friend named Violet all of a sudden? Um, no. <laughs> oh, oh, I got so much room for caring. Violet doesn't make the cut. Yeah. I've, I've got cares. Is. I've got a finite amount of cares. <laughs> I don't give one for this. Okay. No cast given. Chapter eighteen: The Wane of the Wands. Kind of a filler chapter. We start with Hermione just knowing exactly how to be Harry's friend. Just nails it. She is holding tightly to that MVP. Mm-hmm. I ha- I have Hermione for MVP written in my notes. She's like, if I was Harry Potter, what would I want to do right now? Not be around people and eat toast. She was right. Bingo. So Hermione's doing a good job in this chapter of do- playing like Harry and Ron's side, right? How do you think, is this going to be like a long-lasting thing? Is this going to have long-term effects on the trio's relationship? Um, I hope not. I don't think so. I think she's going to be the one to bring them back together before it's all said and done. All right. That's what I think about that. I think you can't grow in your relationships without conflict. Well, this is that. I mean, we had the same, we had the Scabbers Crookshanks conflict last year. The fire. Scabbers v. Crookshanks. Mm-hmm. And Ron, Ron and Harry and Hermione came out of that okay. So if Harry doesn't die in the Triwizard Tournament, give you good odds. So then Harry writes a letter to Sirius. But I like when. Hermione suggests that he writes it, and Harry goes, he'll probably come bursting right into the castle if I tell him he's enter- someone's entered me in the Triwizard Tournament. <laughs> he's just really worried about it. It's a little exaggerative. What are your thoughts He's concerned on- and cares for Harry, but he's not yeah. a moron. What are your thoughts on this letter and its after effects? Uh, I think it's a good call by Hermione. Uh, she recognizes that... This is getting probably a little over our heads as 14-year-olds, so maybe we should 
call in some adult perspective, somebody who's seen a thing or two. Um, I mean, he's and really, yeah, he's. I mean, he's really the only one you can trust at this point. You can you can trust Hagrid, but like, Hagrid's kind of naive. What's he good for? He's good for lots of things. I'm waiting. Hagrid is good for um, he's just a good friend. Okay, he'll always be there for you. He's stable. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe wouldn't use that word, but he's present. He is a welcoming, safe place. You could literally hide inside a Hagrid. Yeah, I meant that literally and figuratively. Yeah. He is a location. You could hide in his beard. Mm-hmm. And you could hide in his hut with him. And you could hide in his friendship. I bet you could fit in his pockets. Yeah. I don't see why not. So we write a letter to Sirius, and then any thoughts on, I mean, the next several pages are just like, we're going to class, the Hufflepuffs don't like me, the Slytherins don't like me, the Ravenclaws yeah. don't It's just like the worst me. time in Harry's, in Harry's life at Hogwarts. I like when he goes, this is almost as bad as when everyone thought I was killing people. <laughs> Yeah, it's you. You really feel bad for him at this point. He didn't. He didn't bring any of this on himself. He didn't even try to cross the line. He just stood back and like watched as Fred and George put together their best plan. Like he had no interest in action. Like he's been like some of the things that have happened to him or some of the situations he's got into. I'm not gonna say they're his fault, but he is. He's proven to be mischievous and like adventurous. You know. That's going to come with some trouble that he has to take. This is not one of those situations. I mean, in his first three books, he basically did the Triwizard contest, right? Yeah. That's a good point. He did tasks and tusks. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. Harry and Ron get detention for yelling at Snape for insulting Hermione. What a douche. Just not needed. He makes fun of a fourteen-year-old, fourteen-year-old girl's teeth. Do you, does that make you feel better? Does he sleep better at night after that? As someone that spent a lot of time around fourteen-year-old girls in braces, no, it does not make you feel better. Because you were a teacher. I was a teacher. You know, any first-time listeners that, that, that don't have that background. If you're listening to this for the first time, just sc- just <laughs> what take are your you thumb doing? and scroll back to episode one because you have missed some stuff. Um, anything important before Rita Skeeter? Mm, I don't think we've missed anything. We've got uh, the Slytherins have made. Pins, yep, little like badges. little like little badges, yep. um, that say support uh, uh, Diggory Cedric, support Cedric Diggory, mm-hmm. uh, and then they like 
magically change when you push them or whatever to say Harry Potter stinks. Yep. Just in case the boy had said her degree wasn't like on the nose enough. Right. Oh, wait, I thought they were trying to be supportive and they couldn't get it to say something supportive. That's later on when the Creevy brothers steal a bunch of these badges. My bad. And try to change it to support Harry Potter. Harry Potter doesn't stink. But they realize they don't know any Harry magic. Harry actually smells good. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know any magic, so they accidentally just get it stuck on Harry Potter really stinks. That's all they do. Aw, oh, dang it. So Rita Skeeter. What Rita Skeeter. Rita Skeeter. What are your thoughts on Rita Skeeter and this whole interview situation? Um, one more Parks and Rec reference for this episode. When I read about Rita Skeeter, I think Joan Calamezzo. Oh, nice. I thought you were going to go with Shauna Maui Tweep. No, because Shauna Maui Tweep is just innocent and just kind of dumb. It's not really her fault. Like, Joan Calamezzo is just sleazy, and wow. I think that's what Rita Skeeter is. That's a great reference because we were talking, Jess and I were talking earlier, and she compared Rita Skeeter to like a gossip columnist. And I was right. like, that's true, but she also, like, tries to write about serious topics, too, and just mm-hmm. lies in them. And I think that's more like, that's like what Joan, Cal- Joan Calamezzo will, like, talk about whatever the serious thing in Pawnee is, but mm-hmm. just do it ridiculously. Yeah, she will invite you onto her show to talk about the building of this new park mm-hmm. and then end up slandering you in the interview. Right. Which wow. I, I think is what Rita Skeeter is doing. Yeah, so similar. I like that. I like that a lot. Are there going to be lasting repercussions from this? Is this the last we're going to see of Rita Skeeter? No. No, I I feel like she gets mentioned more and more as the story goes on. Mm-hmm. And she obviously has a powerful voice within how people are portrayed in the Hogwarts community. Mm-hmm. Uh, the magical community in right. general. Um, Never heard of another journalist. Right. So, I mean, journalism is powerful in real life. Mm-hmm. So, you can imagine where things go in a magical life. I don't like that Rita Skeeter is actually legitimately practicing fake news. Like, I don't want to I don't be able like to that say either. that. I wish I couldn't say that. Yeah, because I kind of tried to defend her when we were first introduced mm-hmm. to her. Like, hey, you know, if she's doing her job. Um, she's trying to get a headline. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of get a glimpse of how she gets these headlines. And, you know, she, you're, you're listening to her ask Harry questions. And then, you know, it's kind of like Harry's mind's eye reading the the things that she's putting down throughout the conversation with her, like, magical pen. And it's like... He's not saying any of those things. Like at all. She's just making it up. Yeah. Fake news. Not huge. She is slandering Harry in a bigly way. Mm-hmm. She does all the best slanders. Um, any thoughts on the ensuing scenes of like talking about wands and taking photos? I I mean it's it's building into the pageantry of this tournament. Uh we kind of get a glimpse back into like the whole 
I feel like J.K. Rowling is reminding us that it was significant that Harry's wand was like made from what was it like the phoenix that helped out Voldemort? I don't know how exactly that went down, but the same phoenix that Harry's feather is from that makes the core of Harry's wand also gave one other feather, and it was in Voldemort's wand. Yeah. So, I mean, we go out of our way to mention that again. That's important. So, it's not a coincidence that she brought up these wands, is what you're thinking. You're like, I see you, JKR. Like, you're bringing the wands back up and kind of bringing them back into my mind, and, like, maybe something's going to happen with that. Mm-hmm. I think something is going to happen with that. Like what? What's, a, what's something that could happen with a wand? Uh, I could shoot magic out of it. <laughs> that's that's the standard response. That's a normal wand thing. I don't know. I mean, do we know if Voldemort still has his wand at this point, Ted Voldemort? He, uh, he does. Wasn't he pointing something at? The guy at the beginning of this book didn't it say like the Frank weird, Price. creepy guy. Yeah, was Frank. like pointing something at him. I guess it could have been his weird, creepy finger, but yeah, I mean, he uses his wand to kill Frank Bryce in chapter one. So, at the end of this book, when they're miles beneath the school, <laughs> they face off and send spells at each other. Mm-hmm. And when the two spells hit each other... Yes. So, this is bad radio, but I'm using two fingers like they're coming at each other, and then... It's like and, the Michelangelo painting of like the angel touching yeah, the guy's yeah. finger. Yeah. And then just this massive ball of green light. And at that point, we will understand how Voldemort is related to Harry Potter. Something, So something's going to happen that wasn't the intention of either of their spells. Right. It's going to provide information. Exactly. <laughs> That's how it's going to happen. So for those of you who haven't read, who are reading along with me, don't even bother moving on. Just Spoilers. Sell your books. <laughs> sell your books to me because I don't have a copy of Goblet of Fire. <laughs> At this point, you should just take my copies that you bought me because I'm audiobooking. I have copies of all the other ones. Oh, okay. Uh, last week, you actually read a chapter, I think. I did. So, there's usefulness there. Uh, we get another letter back from Sirius at the end of this chapter. Thoughts on that? This is the very last page of the chapter. The letter. Harry, I can't say everything I would like to in a letter. Too risky in case the owl is intercepted. We need to talk face to face. Can you ensure that you are alone by the fire in Gryffindor Tower? At one o'clock in the morning on 22nd of November. I know better than anyone that you can look after yourself. And while you're around Dumbledore and Moody, I don't think anyone will be able to hurt you. However, 
someone seems to have a, be having a good try. Entering you in that tournament would have been very risky, especially right under Dumbledore's nose. Be on the watch, Harry. I still want to hear about anything unusual. Let me know about the 22nd of November as quickly as you can. Serious. Where's the applause button? In all seriousness, how far off was that from like how real serious sounds in the movie? Real serious is played by Gary Oldman. Is it really? Yes. I freaking love Gary Oldman. Yeah, I know. Commissioner I'm excited Gordon. about that. That's a perfect good job, whoever directed Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. That's a right? that's a great choice. I mean, he has a bigger role in Prisoner of Azkaban, as you can imagine. Uh but yeah. Yeah. So He's not quite as Australian as your rendition. I don't know why I went there. But he, goes, I, but it's gravelly. Yeah. I don't know why I went Australian. That's okay. I, <laughs> it fine. felt right, though. I don't, I don't regret it. No, you shouldn't. It was good. If you gave me, if you gave me ten tries, that's, I think I'd have done it that way nine times. It's a good interpretation. Um, he's got this, like, shoulder-length hair that really Love works that. well. Because Love Gary Oldman be, with shoulder length hair. <laughs> it can be like, you know, really messy and it's like, I'm on the run. I'm a dog sometimes. Yeah. Does he have a mustache? <laughs> yes. He is oh very mustache. Sirius is becoming my favorite character. <laughs> Chapter 19. The Hungarian Horntail. Wow. Yeah. I say know. that. Say that like you're Tom Brokaw. That's not. I mean, like, I know who that is, but I've, I've I couldn't. I've never like watched the Hungarian Horn Tale. <laughs> oh man! Uh, okay. So Harry's excited about talking to Sirius. Um, good idea, bad idea, neutral idea. Sir- they're just gonna like talk to Sirius. He's just going to show up at Hogwarts, his head. I mean, probably not a good idea for him, but I think it's kind of necessary given the situation. Did you have a do we care for chapter 18? Oh my gosh, do we care for chapter 18? Thank you. No problem. A lot of good do we cares for this because we skipped over most of the chapter. Do we <laughs> care about the blast-ended scroots? They're growing I think they're going to be used in the defeat of whoever the villain ends up being at the end of this book, Miles Beneath the School. Bagman. Uh, do Maybe we care? We talked about the badges a little bit. Do we care about the badges? The, like, support center um, I don't think... I don't think we care about those. Okay. Do we care about Harry and Ron getting detention? Yes, it's going to force them to get back on the same team. It already didn't, but that's fine. It, the, their detention happens in Chapter 19. Now you went through that pretty quickly. It's, um, it's still nice that they got detention defending Hermione. Yeah, that right? is nice, like for they, sure. They still that's have that I mean. in common, even though they're at odds with each other. Like They still care about her. Yeah, right. It's like, that's what line. I mean. That, that foundation is there. Like. We don't completely hate each other. We will we will work together to keep Hermione safe. 
segue, do we care about Hermione's teeth? Do we care about Hermione's teeth? Yeah. Um, they got gigantic. So I'll, I'll be honest. Th- this one is hard for me to wrap my mind around because I know what child version of um, crap. It's not Emma Stone. Wow. It's Watson. This is a personal, personal affront to me right now. I know who it is. I just can't think of the name. Beauty and the Beast. Oh, I was right. Perks of being a wallflower. The Bling Ring. She's Noah. like a, a big time feminist now, right? Yes, she is. Oh, gosh dang it. Jess said it a minute ago. I know, and I was talking. Dang it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I should know this. Same name I as Steven's mom. Sherlock's little buddy. It's not the same name as Stephen's mom. That was a joke about you not knowing Stephen's mom's name. Uh, it's not Emma Stone. It is... Emma Watson. I knew it was a freaking Emma. Gosh, <laughs> dang it. Emma Watson. Yeah, Emma Watson has teeth. I know that Emma Watson does not have buck teeth as a child. Mm-hmm. Do they? Do they? And it's just, it didn't seem like she did in the first movie either. So they just kind of like left that out. Okay, so in the first movie, they honest to god, just like they tried to give Dan Radcliffe um, green contacts to make his eyes green, they gave her prosthetic teeth to wear, and they looked good, but she couldn't talk. So. Hmm. How do you know that? Like, is that a behind-the-scenes thing? Don't question thing? me. Yeah. I have, like, a bunch of Harry Potter. So, like... I, I want to see big... a picture of her with prosthetic okay. teeth. Um, I don't, I don't think I've seen a picture of it. I've just heard the story. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. And that's not as fun. It is not as fun. I agree. There might be a picture somewhere on the internet. Anna, just join the pod. Just come in. We, we got a splitter. I've seen Brayden waving to you. I saw Brayden blow you a kiss. She's not here anymore. Uh, Sarah... Come on the pod. Sarah is watching your childhood home. Curtin Steenie's. Curtin. Curtin Steenie's Jeevens. Curtin Steenie's Curtin Steenie's Jeevens. They used to have a pool. <laughs> Fun fact. Swim in that pool. Now they have um, a really cool Airbnb farmhouse that's like hands down probably the coolest structure in Crawfordsville. Where Mike and Lexi used to live? Yep. Except <laughs> they've redone the whole thing. Mike and Lexi redid a bunch of it too, so that's hilarious. And we're off topic. Um, blah, blah, blah. Do we care about the fact that they get, so they attack Snape, or they yell at Snape, they get detention, they lose house points. When's the last time you thought about house points? Hasn't been for a long time. Do you care? Not, I just don't anymore, to be honest. Like Gryffindor won last year and that broke the however long drought and the Quidditch cup. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I just think there's bigger things going on than the house cup. Okay. Plus I'm a Hufflepuff. So I really give a frick (laughs) if the Gryffindors win or not. I'm a Hufflepuff. I'm a Hufflepuff. Do we care about Rita Skeeter's quick quotes quill? Yeah. Yeah, we do. I think that that's going to be important. I can't tell you why. I know you want me to, and I can't. But seems important. 
seems like it's going to get some people into trouble. I do care about that. So this is a quill that she's basically enchanted or whatever you want to call it with her perspective. Sensibilities, yeah, perspective, uh uh-huh. It like it's kind of like how you can make a bot read like a hundred thousand hours of, you know, something. Oh, and of, like, it's like, it, like learns. And it can, like, yeah, generally learn how to write it like you. So, she goes online, which is like, I made a bot watch a hundred thousand hours of Seinfeld, and then it wrote this episode of Seinfeld, and it's just like Kramer's there, and then Elise goes, "What about the marshmallows?" And it's just like a really goofy episode. So I could have one, and it would just be, like, my perspective. A quick quotes quill? Yeah. Yeah. It would, like, write it as if you... It's kind of like writing what it assumes you're thinking. Okay. It's her ghostwriter. But it's magical. It's obnoxious, and I hate it. It is. It's very obnoxious. It's it's not a good look for our girl, Rita Skeeter. Not my girl. Rita Skeeter. Okay. Okay. So speaking of our girl Rita Skeeter, we open chapter 19 with a lot of talk about her article. Mm-hmm. She's got some wild quotes from Harry Potter and about Harry Potter. So what are your thoughts on this article and its repercussions, the blowback? That we feel. It's just making his life even harder. Because, you know, everybody reads it and now they're like making their little comments and quotes from the article and making fun of him. And she's just, she's not helpful. She's going, she's going after some clickbait hard here. Yeah, it's definitely a clickbait. She's being antagonistic. Because, um, like, the Slytherins know that he didn't say that stuff. They're like, this is just another thing that we can say to you that will guaranteed annoy you. It's just ammunition for Malfoy. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine, like a like a chaotic good version of Rita Skeeter that does the exact same thing but writes about Malfoy? <laughs> and Harry Ooh. just walks around and he's like, "Oh, Malfoy, yeah, it's you're, the economic anxiety you've been suffering in your family's mansion." Or, yeah, that would be awesome. Wow, I think I could dad, get into that. Your mom and dad were Death Eaters. <laughs> but then she writes about Hermione too, and like, that's almost like you've been enough more than you can chew, Rita Skeeter. Like you don't know what you're messing with. Yeah, she did. She didn't even like ask a question about this. It's not even. Like, the other stuff, she did run it. Like, she tried to mention it to Harry. She she totally fabricated his his response, but... 100%, yeah. It was part of the interview. Mm-hmm. This is just like, oh, yeah, and I guess he's with her a lot, so they're probably in love. I'll write that. The stunningly pretty muggle girl, who I have, full disclosure, never seen. Also, racism. Why do we need to know that she's muggle? Yeah. Why is that important? Who cares? What does that tell us about what Rita Skeeter's moral compass? There is none. It's about getting headlines and getting getting people to read her articles. Do 
Do we care about the trip to Hogsmeade? Slash seeing Hagrid and Moody there. I don't really remember. What does Hagrid and Moody say? What? So they go to Hogsmeade. Harry and Hermione are sitting in the three broomsticks. And then they come over and Moody's like, nice cloak, Potter. And he's like, what? You can see through invisibility cloaks? It's oh, crazy. yeah. I'm yeah. definitely because wearing clothes. Why did he wear the cloak on? Why, why did he take the cloak anyway? Because he didn't want people. He's just sick and tired of people referencing the article and whispering yeah. about him and being jerks. And Hagrid's like, come over to my hut at midnight. All right. See you later, Hermione. <laughs> yeah. That's I, I'm honestly proud of Hagrid for how well he handled that. Because yeah, you expect it to be a... like Hagrid whispered in a very carrying voice that the several tables around noticed. But that doesn't happen. It says like whispered in a voice that only Harry could hear. And it's like, wow. Isn't that what he did with the spider thing? Um, with the spiders, he was like, if anyone at all wanted to learn some stuff, <laughs> they could follow spiders. And Fudge and Malfoy are like, there's no one here. But they didn't suspicion him because they just think he's an idiot because he's... Well, because they're Malfoy. Yeah. Fudge and Malfoy are Malfoy. So true. Fudge is just a flavor of Malfoy. Mm-hmm. Malfoy fudge. You stand by that? Yeah, I feel good about it. I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> I imagine that as like a white chocolate fudge. You imagine correctly. But that would be, the problem is that that would be good. Is that I like white chocolate. I mean. It's like a coconut fudge. Pineapple. Oh, wow. That's better. Pineapple fudge? Wait, do you just not like pineapple at all, Brayden? Mm-mm. Oh, really? You like white chocolate, pineapple flavored. I do like pineapple. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm the opposite. I like most fruits. I don't like pineapple. Interesting. Is it because of like the stinging acidity? I don't really know what it is. I've never liked it. I just, it's not that it, I think it's gross. It's just like, man, there are so many other better fruits that I could have. I've never pineapple. thought that. Really? Yeah. Every fruit that I'm eating, I'm like, actually, I just don't eat them. So I eat grapes and pineapple and what else do I eat? Blueberries. I like blue. Like me a blueberry. Yeah. Hannah and I eat a lot of grapes. Um, a lot of apples. A lot of bananas. Um, I like apples with peanut butter. But I prefer yes, to peel the skin off of them. Off of my apple. What is wrong with you? I like that's, apples I with know. caramel. Oh, okay. I can and see that. dark chocolate. I don't want it to be too crunchy. I don't want the caramel to be like super sticking. To no, it's, apples. It's the soft apples caramel. with caramel is fire. Hmm. Like a green um, apple. Doesn't even matter, really. Um, but I think my favorite fruit is watermelon. There's a texture thing with me for watermelon. Yeah, and I I get that. I'm married to someone who cares a heck of a lot about texture of foods. Um, Did she say mouthfeel? No, she mostly just says texture. <laughs> Starting a petition um, to get Hannah to start saying mouthfeel. How many signatures do I need? Just one. Here's. The petition is complete. 
okay, so point four of my rundown here of chapter 19 is dragons. Your thoughts. They are real. I think we've all been waiting on them. We knew they were going to be part of this series, right? Um, they are apparently part of the tournament. Is yeah, that right? We don't get a lot of details. It's just like, well, dragons. I mean, Charlie is there. And Charlie so says, I, you don't have to kill the dragons. You just have to... You got to tame them. What does he say? Um, what does he say? I don't remember. Madame Maxime, blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. I've said it, done it like three times. I'm sorry, Jess. That's my fault. Just get past them. Yeah, so Charlie's talking about them. We'll be on hand if it gets nasty, extinguishing spells at the ready. They wanted nesting mothers. I don't know why. So what's your prediction? The the eggs. They need the eggs. So so walk me through what Harry's going to have to do. Something with eggs. He's going to have to go in and steal an egg from the mother without her noticing. And he can't let it break or hatch before he's done with the task. Yeah. How does one steal an egg from a dragon? Well, it's simple, really. Um, You play their favorite um, song, similar to the three-headed dog that they faced, Miles Beneath the School. Um, Wait, so is this tournament going to be a slow dog millionaire situation for Harry? Or it's just yeah. going to be stuff like that's related to what he's already seen? Yeah, maybe. Um, so they play No Diggity by Blackstreet. And it, um, it, gets, it gets the dragon feeling some type of way. And totally distracted. Full distraction. And distracted? Then, distracted. You reached there, but I don't think you completely missed. Um, and then Harry scurries in. Snat- it's, it's, re- it's really an Indiana Jones situation, so you have oh. to warm up a rock. So you, you create a fire, uh-huh. and you put um, a similar weighted, hopefully pretty round rock near the fire. Get it pretty warm. What's okay? more important, the weight or the roundness? Um, really neither. It's the heat. <laughs> please stop asking stupid questions so it could just be like a really hot i'm trying to think of what else that's like neither a rock nor round nor heavy could be it's like a really hot piece of wood it just needs to be smooth it needs to be smooth like the dragon egg okay and similar in in general size you need to get it warm and then it's a complete Indiana Jones situation, fedora and everything. You go sliding in there, well, creeping in there, sorry. And you complete the quick switch, right? Mm-hmm. So for anyone who hasn't seen Indiana Jones, I'm sorry. I don't know how else to explain this. You don't want the mother to feel the transfer. It needs to be, I feel warm eggs beneath me. Oh, I don't know. Did I... Is that like a little itch or something? I don't know what that was. And actually, it was Harry freaking Potter stealing your egg. But now it's a rock. 
How do you practice for this? Um, you make Scroots. Hagrid lay down. Hagrid. <laughs> so Hagrid falls asleep like in the, he agrees to take a nap like in the pasture behind his hut. You just set out like a big old tankard of bourbon and then Hagrid does mm-hmm. his thing and ends up asleep. Yes. And then you put like, I don't know, three or four of his favorite drinking mugs near him when he falls asleep. Gotta the ones him, that he just got to get him real hot. Yeah, the ones that he consumed all that bourbon with and um, <laughs> see if you can take one from him without him waking up. Okay. That's how you practice. Okay, so I have a lot more questions. Oh, my um, gosh. Not about that process. I think you explained it really well. I think we're all okay. on board. Okay, my good. questions are about the tournament. So Hagrid mm. went and showed this to Harry, and we're like, Hagrid's cheating for Harry. Thank you, Hagrid. Good idea. But Hagrid is also like, equally, I will cheat for Madame Maxime. <laughs> and Harry's like, uh, what? Yeah. And then Karkaroff is like, for some reason, I am also here. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't figured out why he's there. I didn't I didn't fully under- I listened to that like as I was calling you mm-hmm. for this Skype call. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm a little fuzzy on why the heck Putin is there. Harry explains it by saying he probably saw Hagrid and Madame Maxime because they are big. And maybe he secretly has a thing for Madame Maxine as well. Oh, okay. And he's like, I'm not trying to let Hagrid slide in here. Mm-hmm. Because it is midnight. So if he right. just happens to be watching, then that's pretty suspicious. Yes, that's a good point. So then Harry makes it back and talks to Sirius for a while. Mm-hmm. Gets some good information. Yep. I have four Sirius points that like, made here. Yeah, you, you go ahead and read those off. Uh, the one is about Karkaroff, which we've touched on. He's a Death Eater. Mm-hmm. What does that mm-hmm. mean to you? He's a follower of Voldemort. Okay. He practiced the dark arts and was a loyal worshiper. Right. So what are the implications going forward? That he has connections to the Death Eater community. He knows how to... Um, he's obviously well-versed in the dark arts, mm-hmm. dark magic, whatever you refer to that as. Um, and that he is probably working behind the scenes to help Voldemort. Okay. Sirius says that there's one simple spell that Harry can use on the dragon. What's that about? Mm. Sirius is not even worried about the dragon. He's like, it's just use your spell. Yes, and I don't remember what that spell is. What's strong against dragon type? Ice type? Yeah. Yeah. Like in Pokemon. It's the way I see it. Uh, Sirius talks about Moody. So Moody was a big auror. He caught Karkaroff the first time. So Sirius is like, maybe that's why Moody's here, to keep an eye on Karkaroff. Is that what you think, too? 
Yeah, it seems like that's why he's here, period. Like, that's that's why Dumbledore hired him. Dumbledore knew from the start of this book that they were going to do the Triwizard Tournament, and that meant that Karkarov was going to come. And what? so they needed Moody there. What school hires a former Death Eater to be their headmaster? It's Russia. What I mean, what do you... <laughs> it's just part of the game. Durmstrang is famous for being much more lax about dark arts, like going all the way back in its history. So it's probably not necessarily a huge con for them. They're like, oh, he just has a lot of experience. Yeah, with magic. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then Ron kind of comes in and busts up the party. And Harry's mad at Ron, but can't tell Ron why. So he just kind of takes it out on him. Mm-hmm. What did you think about this? I always want to think that maybe Ron was, like, coming to be nice and, like, looking out for Harry. And gets caught in the wrong place. That, like, just walks in on something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like malicious intent or anything. Mm-hmm. Might have even been coming there to apologize. You never know. How he didn't have the chance. Harry snapped at him. He did he does snap at him. I like when he throws the oh, what is this? The goblet of quotes. My goblet of quote here. Mm-hmm. Is when Harry seized one of the Potter Really Stinks badges off the table and chucked it as hard as he could across the room. It hit Ron on the forehead and bounced off. There you go, Harry said. Something for you to wear on Tuesday. You might even have a scar now if you're lucky. Isn't that what you want? Yeah, Harry's kind of vicious here. Trips him. Yeah, which, I mean, he's got a lot going on. I'm sure he's pretty emotional. Um, so just kind of wrong place, wrong time there for Ron, but. What are we thinking these badges are made out of? Because I was thinking like Girl Scout badge, like, you know, varsity letter type material, but I don't imagine that would chuck across the room very well. I'm thinking like the big, like safety pin badges. Oh, okay. That you get like your buttons. Like, yeah, it's a button that you get to support your like little sister who's on the tennis team. Okay. Yep. That's how I feel too. Okay. Do we care, Brayden? Okay, so I mean I was gonna ask about like how you think the first task is gonna go, what's gonna happen with the dragons. I think we got a pretty good idea of what you're picturing. I don't need to say any more about that. Is, I told you how it's going to happen. So Harry's going to succeed. Is he going to be? Is he going to do the best? Mm-hmm. It'll be him and Crumb at the end. Sure. Is yeah. Are there? F- and the winner of between those two will be the one who doesn't fall for the Vila girl. <laughs> Whoever can keep like their ear, fingers stuffed in their ears longest. Yeah, they keep their wits about them. Yep. Are they all four going to go after a dragon at the same time, or is it going to be dragon by dragon? I think, yeah, I think they'll each be assigned a dragon. Okay. Didn't they say there were like four species? There are four species. That was that was one of my do we cares. And Charlie was like, I'd be, I'd feel bad for whoever gets the 
horn-tailed. Mm-hmm. He does say that. The Hungarian horn-tail. Harry will get that one. <laughs> H-H, Hungarian horn-tail, Harry. Do, yep. we, do we care about the four different types of dragons? You got your Hungarian horn-tail, your Swedish short snout. Yeah, I, th- I think we care. Okay. I mean, I think we care because of what Jess just said. Like, um, forget the Weasley's first name. Charlie. Charlie. Uh, because Charlie makes it a point to say, like, I feel like he's implying, like, this is the worst one. He's going to eat one of these kids. <laughs> she. She's going to eat one of these kids. We'll do our best, but somebody's probably going to die. Yeah, it does. he doesn't sound confident. Yeah. Which is just alarming. Like, these adults are like, we should bring back this tournament. And we should let these 14-year-old kids compete in life-or-death competitions. Well, in all we, fairness... We should put them around some dragons. They were like 17-year-olds. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to be 17-year-olds. That doesn't make it better. But also, like, <laughs> this is supposedly the much safer version of the tournament. Like, this is them actively trying to make it safe. That's terrifying. I'd like to know what the tasks were for the old ones then. Right. Can we just, while we're talking about Charlie, how he's talking about Molly? Oh, when he, when, how she'd been reading Rita Skeeter's article? Yes, and she was all upset and, oh, I never knew that he cried about his parents. And I just think Molly's a sweetheart. I, I concur. I feel bad that she gets duped by Rita Skeeter. Yeah, that's, that's disappointing. True. The fact that Rita Skeeter does have like readers out there that are hanging on her every word. Mm-hmm. That's annoying. Mm-hmm. She doesn't deserve that. Do we care about the fact that Cho Chang has been referenced like four times so far in this book? Yeah, it seems like she is a big deal in Harry's eyes. Well, I don't really know why, I guess. Just... A little competition for Jenny. Jenny. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. Harry needs to figure it out. Wake up. So you don't care? Uh, I kind of care. Um, but in the ultimate power move against Ron, if Harry truly is mad at him, mm-hmm. he should go after Ginny now. <laughs> Ginny is at 13 right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's only 14. Okay. It's just something to consider. Do we care about the fact that Harry can't seem to master a summoning charm? Like, specifically, summoning charms keep getting brought up, right? Yeah. I haven't read too much into that, I guess, but I could see where that would be a serious problem moving forward, just in his own defense. That's like a staple of wizardry is, like, calling stuff to you. Yeah, that seems like that would be a valuable weapon mm-hmm. in a pinch. Uh, do we care about the fact that everyone now knows what the task is? Karkaroff and Maxime, are they going to tell their kids? Oh, yeah. Like that wasn't even a question to you? No, not at all. I mean, they're they're there to win. They're going to go get the kids ready. Mm-hmm. They'd be stupid not to. 
Are they going to tell Cedric? Because he doesn't know. Um, that's a good question. I don't think they will. I think Cedric will be the first out. He'll get eaten. Oh, is this an elimination tournament? Oh, I guess. It is guess, if you no, die. It's, it's like it's like. Well, yeah, you <laughs> you can get out by death, or you can just be judged. I guess. But I mean, I, I guess I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how this tournament works. I get that you have judges, um, but it seems like if you're going to put kids in danger with dragons, kind of feels like a Hunger Games type thing. Like, well, we'll have some judges there, but let's be honest, the last one that's alive is going to win. So you think all of the headmasters and stuff right now are just like resigned to the fact that there are going to be some casualties? Maybe. I don't know if it's like such a pride thing, kind of like the Hunger Games deal is, you know, like it's a fear mixed with like you're representing your country, house, region, whatever it is. I don't know. It's weird. I don't understand. We'll we'll learn more as we read more. We will. That's true. Um, do we care about Crumb hanging out in the library? Yeah, I think it's suspicious. Mm-hmm. Why is he doing that? Hey, why are you doing that? What are you hanging out in the library for? What you reading so many books for? You're a celebrity then, innit? You have really uh, thick eyebrows, don't you? <laughs> You're just going off of the cover of the book. Is that Victor Crumb? That's who that is. Oh no, I spoiled it. Spoiler. Right there. Spoiler. That ugly looking dude. Which one? With the It's a unibrow. Okay, so the one on the right of Harry on the cover must be uh, Diggory. Point, point and then we've got, to me. Who's right? Harry's right? This is Harry. Uh-huh. He has the scar and the glasses. Yeah, and the goofy grin. Yep, that's him. He's the main character. Okay. This is Cedric Diggory. Mm-hmm. Famously handsome. Mm-hmm. This is Vladimir Putin's son. <laughs> and this is Vila Girl. Okay. This is Werewolf Feeling. hiding in background. <laughs> I don't know why I'm speaking like some sort of Native American character out of an old Western movie. Um, why use and then more you words see, when few words do job? You see all these teeth right here? Yeah. That's probably a dragon. Probably all just hanging out in a dragon's mouth. <laughs> the dragon eats all of them, and the whole rest of the book is just like people dealing with their grief. Is that a friggin' Dementor in the far background? Friggin' Dementor, friggin' Dementor. The Dementors are flying around. <laughs> and they're hot. The worst part of prison. Um, I don't know what that is behind the Vila girl. Spider legs. Ooh. The spiders will be important. Remember how you asked me if I care last week about spiders? I care more now. Stop paying so much attention to me, Braden. Um, 
think that's all I have to say about the cover. That was all my Do We Care questions. Bingo. Thank you guys so much for listening. I enjoyed talking about Harry Potter with Braden today. And we like it when you listen to us do it. I too enjoyed that. I also would enjoy if you, listener, would call the Howler. Which is a voicemail line that you can just call in and leave a recorded message. We will play it aloud on the episode and respond to it. Super fun. Chad does it. Yeah. And as we say every week, you should be more like Chad. Um, So if you would like to call that number, it is 978-POTTER-0. So that's 978-768-8370. You can call that, leave a voicemail, tell us your name, your house, your favorite made-up wizarding band name, how you feel about backyard baseball. Oh, please. Um your favorite character to be on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, any of that stuff. You should also visit our website, which is mugglespodcast.com. It's got all our social media links, our email info, anything you would need there. Support us on Patreon. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, Jeremy and Jess. Thanks, Rogie. Thank you, Hannah and Rachel. Thank you, J.K. Rowling. Mm. Thank you, Emma Watson, whose name I know. Thank you, Emma Stone. You say you're gonna learn today. <laughs> you're gonna learn today. You're gonna well, learn. So now we're coaching remember the Titans. You do not get blood on my uniform. It's not uniform, it's uniform. Uniform. There you go. That's better. You're getting there. Coach, there's a fine line between tough and crazy, and you're flirting with it. I will stick my foot so far up your John Brown hind parts. <laughs> and then, then you will run a mile. <laughs> he says John Brown like five times in that movie. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That is Hannah's absolute hands down favorite movie. That is my absolute hands down favorite movie. Really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You overcook a grits, coach. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to tell her that. Oh my gosh. Hannah, be a big come on the pod. She freaking loves that movie. It's so good. Yeah, it is a good one. I, not- although watching um the Gary Bertier stuff, you know, that man that kills me every time. Oh, like the ending? Yeah. Oh yeah. Ugh. Oh man. I always yeah. liked how his mom is like, Don't you cry in front of him. You be strong. Like and she hugs him. The, the guy, I can't remember his name. Julius? Yes, and before she was like, don't play with him. Yeah. Or and like then, like, they're family the now. She, like, sticks her hand out to, yeah. like, shake his hand. Yeah. Are we recording? Yes. yes.
Okay, good. We should be. <laughs> good. <laughs> this, here's, I feel like, now that we have the editress here, is there a case to be made that, like, these not at all on-topic references need to just be, like, culled out and we make, like, an entire, like, bonus episode of them? So that, like, the person that's just out here trying to listen to our thoughts on Chapter 17 of Goblet of Fire so doesn't if have to sit through them. If it's a really big chunk like this, like, mm-hmm. I'll probably cut off, like, the beginning where we're figuring stuff out. Because we're 10 minutes in, and then I would take, like, the next seven minutes and move it to the back. To the back. Yeah. Right. So I would play, like, outro so, music and then move it to the back. And if people listen, they listen to, like, yeah. little bonus content. Like the like the hidden CD tracks from back in the day. Sure. I guess I just feel like if the conversation is either, A, somewhat comical, B, somewhat interesting, leave it in there. So basically everything. Well, because I know that, like, when I listen to a talk show type podcast, I mean, that's what all podcasts are, I guess. But, like, if they get off in the weeds a little bit and it's still interesting, like, I'm not, I don't skip through it. It's just, it's just the top, topically, like, Rachel was listening to the last episode that came out, which was the backyard baseball episode. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm not sorry for I that. I knew you said there's backyard baseball in it. But there's yeah. so much backyard baseball. I'm not and sorry like, no, for that. I, you can tell her that. <laughs> Was she like, that's horrible? You I guys agree need to stay on track? About being pro backyard baseball content. She just doesn't have any God interest in that. It, to her, that's not interesting. <laughs> to her, that, that, that she just, that there's like, even though it's like, it, it'd be like. And she if, can skip through. If you and me are listening to a podcast and Rachel, that Hannah and Rachel are recording, and it's funny and interesting, and then they talk for like 15 minutes about nail polish. And, like, I'm just not going to be, like, to them, it's like, oh, this was, like, a good, like, we nailed this pun. Like, we really, this was good. Like, it was interesting. We had banter, and, like, they thought it was funny. But you and I would just, like, really struggle to, like, stay with it. I enjoy- like, why are you talking about nail polish in your, remember the Titans podcast, you know? I don't know Backyard Baseball at all, but I enjoy that you guys enjoyed okay. talking about it. Like, I think that was entertaining. Thank you. I like to think that if you made Rachel play... Backyard baseball, her tune would change. Mm -hmm. I also like to think that a lot of what made that so good can be summed up in one word, and that one word is Carter, right? Carter is keeping he's keeping this podcast alive. Carter was was literally raffling at points during the recording of that episode. Where in the frick is Carter? He is. That's what's happening right now. Oh no, it's because okay, that's fair. Here, I'm gonna text Carter. But I'm going to text him a video. How do I make him be able to hear Braden saying, where in the frick is Carter? I don't know, Rogie. Can I unplug something from the laptop and make the sound come out of it? I feel like, yes, you could break it. I really don't know. You'd have to text Jeremy. (laughs) I thought thought you were writing it You could video that. (laughs) That's a good idea, though. I could hold the headphones up to it. Yeah, you can try that. I can write it down and just hold it on the screen and you can take a picture. I'm just going to take video of you yelling it and I'm going to tell him that's what you're saying, okay? Okay. Go. Where in the actual frick is Carter? Okay. That's good. This is going to be good. I honestly miss Carter. 
Wherein is he working? Is he working? That's where Jeremy is. I went through a car wash the other day and thought of Jeremy. Car wash I went through did a absolutely awful job. And I was thinking to myself, there's no way Jeremy would have been okay with this. He'd have made me go back through a second time. (laughs) Wow, guys, that reminds me of a story that I have that's new to all of you guys. So do you remember me telling you that my washing machine broke and it flooded my basement really bad? Did we talk about that on the pod? We did not talk about that. Okay, that happened like a month and a half ago. We're playing board games. Eric's over. It's a whole thing. But the washing machine stopped. It didn't, like, stop filling. It just kept pumping water. So I haven't had a washing machine. So I went to Menards yesterday, Tuesday, and bought a washing machine. Like a middle-of-the-line on-sale Maytag. Like a pretty nice washing machine. It was like 550 bucks. And then I go back that night to pick it up because my buddy has a truck, so we went over to get it. And they were like, we can't, we can't find it. Is your buddy Mark Brandanowitz? No. <laughs> no. He is the Mark Sorry. Brandanowitz of... Sorry. I had to do that. The group, though. And they're like, we, it says we have three in stock, but we can't find any of them. And so, like, I'm a little annoyed, but I'm not that annoyed. I'm not annoyed enough to, like, make a stink about it, you know? But I think to myself, what if I pretend to be annoyed so that maybe they give me something with this? Maybe they knock the price down or something. Because it's going to be, like, two weeks. This is how my mom does everything. Yeah. But, like, that's not, it's not my move, you know? I know. It's, it's not a me mom and, I like, can't do it. wife move. It's not my move. <laughs> right. So, I'm pretending to be annoyed, and they're like, well, let's see if we can... Maybe we can see if there's one that's like similar in price we can knock down for you a little bit so you can get one today. I was like, oh, okay, thank Like, that would be great. And I'm looking at Scott like, yeah, like, this is good. So we go over, and there's nothing. Like, the it's the, the next, the jump is like $400 to the next closest. Like, I'm at the top of the middle tier, and the bottom of the top tier, is it, it's very different. They're not going to be able to knock it down. So we find one display model of like a $1,000 washing machine that's on sale for like 670 and I'm like, there's no way they're going to be able to bring Like, it's a display model already. They're not going to be able to bring it down. I walked out of there, paid no extra money with that display model that has like a thousand See, buttons on it. That's awesome. But on the other side of that same token, it's mm-hmm. also just kind of alarming. That they're that the price pricing is mar- everything that yeah, much? so much. Like, like, what is the profit margin on a freaking washer? Like, that they can take literally almost $600, Probably. would you say? Yeah off of the list price mm-hmm. and and feel like they still made out okay. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't give it to you. Right. That's crazy. It is crazy. I agree with you. I'm guessing My parents just bought new washers yeah. and dryers and they said that like they just don't make them to last anymore because right. like if they did that, how would they keep making money? Right. Like they they need it to break down so that you have to go buy more parts. Mm-hmm. And that's why everything sure. is awful. That's why I got a Maytag specifically because it has a 10-year warranty on like Same parts of it, but not labor. Is the new one a Maytag? Yes, still a Maytag. So do you get the little mm-hmm. guy with the hat? Yeah, doesn't that I mean you just so. bought a guy in a blue suit that sits there? <laughs> like tossing laundry? Yeah, Hopefully. he's like juggling in a circle. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's another one sitting next to him watching him. <laughs> yeah, he's just waiting. He's waiting for his time to shine. Yeah. He's the dryer. All right. We're <laughs> ready to, yeah. Let's do it. Do it to it.